What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam and Matt back at it again. We got two locals in action, a big kind of deflating Thursday night football game to talk about, and a whole bunch more. We're going to go around the league. Week 11, and honestly, we were speaking before the show and trying to make our picks, trying to make see what we like on the slate. This is a tough slate. A lot of heavy favorites, a lot of backup quarterbacks. Again, the Giants just being one of them. But uh, And last night, obviously a huge game in terms of the AFC playoff picture, uh, potentially. So a lot to get into today. Matt, how are we doing? Let's get it started. Yeah, I'm doing all right. And uh, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. This has been the toughest uh, week to pick thus far. Yeah, there's just like a lot. I feel like from a gambling perspective, a lot of very teaser friendly lines, you know, just looking off the top of my head, Cowboys minus 10 and a half, Commanders minus nine and a half, uh, Dolphins minus 13 and a half, a lot of heavy lines. Um the week did not start on a good foot, though. Uh, last night, the the Ravens beat the Bengals 34-20. to 20. Joe Burrow gets hurt. Uh, I believe it was in the first quarter of that game. Kind of brought the, all the air out of the whole game. And even for a second, you know, first drive, Mark Andrews gets hurt. He goes out for the rest of the game. A huge blow to your fantasy team. But uh, give me some and, thoughts. And, and he's for the Ravens, too, because it looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Yeah, really, really rough. And, and honestly, even, you know, fast forwarding to the end of the game there, Lamar Jackson's hobbling off the field. He he definitely, I mean, say what you want about Lamar. He's great. They get the win. They put up 34 points, albeit against a, a backup quarterback with no experience ultimately. But uh, Ravens find themselves at 8-3. and three. Bengals sitting at 5-5. Five and five. Uh, We'll get into what that means for the Jets. But, you know, if Burrow's out for a while, this, this Bengals team might sink pretty quick. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's a team that uh, really kind of had to battle back to get themselves back in the conversation, uh, and this is a huge loss. By the way, could you imagine being Al Michaels last night and <laughs> what's going through his mind when this is the first quality game you've gotten to do all year long, and then you already lost Joe Burrow? I, I Just imagine being Al Michaels when he sees Lamar Jackson hobbling off the field. Yeah, he's already nailed it in. 100%, and I couldn't – you know, for as deflating as it was for a viewer, I can only imagine. I mean, me, myself, I have very, very limited uh, broadcasting experience at uh, Chet Out Monmouth University. But, you know, a big game like that and, and you see the, the two, three biggest stars of the game get injured in the first quarter. That is just an awful, awful feeling. I can't even imagine it. Um I kind of feel but like yeah. we're robbed of, uh, of this game a little bit the second that Joe Burrow went down. Because, I mean, the second he went down – you kind of figured the game was over. Uh, and this was a matchup we were all really excited about, even before, you know, just in our group chat, before the game, just talking about, like, man, I, I really don't know who's going to win this game. Uh, yeah. So that was a shame. But, you know, yeah. like like you said, Jake Browning comes in, and if they're going to have to, you know, if they're going to be missing Joe Burrow for an extended period of time, a couple weeks, um, I think in terms of improvis- improvisation, um, just decision-making, athleticism, I actually thought he had a really nice showing out there. And, you know, you kind of jokingly sent a text over and said, oh, look, uh, another quarterback better than Zach Wilson. And it kind of looks like it. Yeah, well, it looked like it yesterday. And and if you want to even get deeper into the uh, into that situation, the Ravens are, are a no-joke defense that ultimately they put up 20 points yesterday. And I haven't seen Zach Wilson put up 20 points in a long time. Yeah. So I, again, said it half-joking, but that, that division's a monster, honestly. It, it's... I think it's the Ravens division to lose, obviously, but 
you know, Pitts, Ravens eight and three, Pittsburgh six and three with, uh, with a lot of people would say they're they're the most puzzling six and three team of all time. I I argue Mike Tomlin. Then behind that was a nice way to put it, by the way, because I was just about to say they're the most fraudulent six and three team of all time. But um, hustling is is a better is a better uh, adjective. Yeah, and then and then you know right behind the Steelers there, you have the Browns who they just lost their quarterback. And then guess what? That leads us into we'll get to around the league, but. This week, six and three Steelers head to Cleveland and play the six and three Browns. Another huge game, huge week for the uh, AFC North. Uh, honestly, a, a huge week for just divisions in general. A lot of divisional games this week, so we definitely could see some some uh, close games, which leads me to kind of, I, I guess we'll we'll start with the Giants. But uh, yeah, I mean nine and a half. Uh, it's a little strange. We're looking at a Giants team who, with a backup quarterback and Tyrod Taylor, kind of already took care of business against the Washington Commanders. Um, you know, certainly didn't embarrass them, anything like that. We're talking about a 14-7 to 7 game. Uh, but I think if you look at this Giants game, if the Giants are going to have a chance to win a game like this, it's it's going to be in that sort of fashion, you know, a 14-7 kind of performance where, you know, your defense is able to show out a little bit. I think they've been they've been very impressive. Yeah, and, and honestly, you, you said the last game, 14-7, to 7, that was a, a Tyrod Taylor-led game. The Giants haven't played this commander's team with, you know, Daniel Jones and I guess they're – they're full art- artillery of weapons there. But, you know, I think you're right. Nine and a half is, is a lot. The over-under is 37. I, I can imagine this game being under unless the Giants just get, you know, run out of the building, which I don't really see this commander's team being a team that's going to do that to other teams, regardless of who the other quarterback is. But I could see the Giants trying to control the ground game here. I could see, again, commanders, think about, we spoke about them, you know, uh, closer to the trade deadline a few weeks back, but, they trade away their entire D line, and, and now they've just become this offensive team. That, to be honest, they have some nice weapons, but they're not the Chiefs. They're not the Dolphins. They still have a really young quarterback. Would would it stun you if the Giants not only hung in this game, but how much on a scale of one to ten would you be stunned if the Giants ended up winning this game? You know, I don't want to say I'd be stunned, but there's a part of me that looks at the line at nine and a half and says, "Well, how much of that is just because?" you know, it would be a real shame if the Giants won the game because we're kind of looking at the game right now and saying, well, you know, is there a chance the Giants could win this game and all that? But I think the Giants would be in a, in a world of pain if they did wind up winning the game. So maybe that nine and a half just comes from, you know, you figure the Giants are going to pull out all the stops, um, you know, when it comes to trying to trying to lose this one. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's kind of where my head's at. I mean, I wouldn't be stunned if they won, but I think they're trying not to. De- def- definitely it's are. hard to bet on it's hard to bet on teams like you know oh the giants could they could potentially cover that line sure but i, I don't know if they want to yeah and but i'll tell you this and i kind of where my mind keeps going when i think about this game and think about the line in this game you know if you got a guy like barkley who you know all signs point to that he's fully healthy and going into this game fully healthy against the defensive line that was just traded away there's no reason why this shouldn't be a 30-carry, 100-plus-yard performance from Saquon Barkley. No reason. Speaking of Saquon, did you see his comments earlier about, you know, something – they asked him – he was asked a question along the lines of just, like, you know, accepting a heavier workload just in terms of the situation the Giants are in right now and, you know, what that would mean in terms of his loyalty to the Giants. And you're kind of seeing a, a Saquon Barkley that you hadn't seen before. 
And, you know, it's no surprise, but Saquon Barkley just said, no, I, I learned, you know, there's no such thing as loyalty in this business, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, I mean, do, do you feel like there's a part of Saquon Barkley who's just, you know, now seeing the way the season's turned out, who's kind of kicking himself for maybe not, you know, asking for a trade at the deadline or something like that? Because I think the Giants might have been apt to, you know, grant that wish. Well, I think I think there's two different ways you could take it. You could take it from the Giants' point of view, where they were very adamant about the, you know we're not trading Saquon Barkley, kind of like a, a don't even call kind of thing. Where I've and I've said this for a while in terms of Barkley, but this not only just this game, but I feel like this entire season and even going back to last season, it's almost been like a somewhat prove it tour on both ends. But I think that like you know if, if you reveal some truth serum to both of them, they both want each other. Right. I think the Giants want Saquon Barkley to be there and and Barkley, I think, wants to be here or be be a New York Giant for at least a foreseeable future. And I think that, you know, we, we've seen not only just the NFL, you know, we the whole James Harden situation and we see it got even guys after singular games where they, they don't get the ball a lot. Guys will you know cry until they get their way. And I think you kind of have to commend Barkley for almost like not doing that, almost doing the opposite where he's he's saying, all right. Our team might not be the best right now. I'm still here. Give me the ball, but not in the sense of like, I'm, you know, give me the ball and we'll win. It's just like, give me the ball and I'm going to, I'm going to keep us hanging. I'm going to keep us in the game. And I kind of commend him for that. Yeah. And that's who he's been, you know, for five, six years now. Yeah. And it's great. And I think that's why if you're the giants and I kind of laid this out on uh, a couple episodes ago, but in terms of the draft and drafting a quarterback, I mean, there, there is very few guys above Saquon Barkley in terms of, you know, uh, guys I want accompanying a young quarterback. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's kind of – maybe that's part of why they were so adamant that they were going to hang on to him this year because I, I I do think that, you know, he's a big plus for a team like the Giants next year if they are going to draft a rookie quarterback. But speaking about that, there there's a lot of noise about one Marvin Harrison Jr. for the New York Giants. And, you know, I, I don't want to name names. There's a lot of people saying – you know, why don't you hang on to Daniel Jones? He, he proved something to you last year. Why don't you hang on to him and you, you get a premier weapon? You know, Marvin Harrison Jr., who, who might be, you know, the best player in the draft class. I get all that. I think that that would be just malfeasance by the Giants. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to stick with Daniel Jones, how are we not talking about trading back at that point? You're going to draft a receiver when you have nothing else in place. Can we just shut that all down now? Yeah, and I think very simply, I, I agree, but I think before you, again, I've spoken about this going back to the beginning of the podcast, even before the, this podcast even existed, but I'm a big believer in building from the inside out in terms of an offense, in terms of a defense. And I think if you're going to if you're gonna do anything but take a quarterback, it has to be an offensive lineman. I, no, I agree. You know, so so I think, you know, look, he, he could be a great shiny toy. And he, Marvin Harrison might get drafted by whatever team and he might be a gem, but for in, in terms of the Giants and where they're at currently. And, you know, I think I'm of the belief that there's always going to be receivers available, like maybe not obviously as, as young and, you know, we get into a lot of money and contract wise, but I think there's always going to be receivers available that can come and you can sign them for, for just money, not lose any sort of draft capital and, and can kind of do the, I don't want to say the exact same thing, like a prospective Marvin Harrison stud receiver can do, but there's always going to be guys like the Raiders might end up tanking and they might trade Devonte Adams. Maybe instead of 
maybe you draft an offensive lineman or you draft a quarterback and you trade for Devontae Adams. And then you're looking at a Devontae Adams, Saquon Barkley, rookie quarterback offense. Or, you know, let's just say, let's just say theoretically, the Raiders traded, we'll play, put on our Madden hats for a second. The the Raiders traded Devontae Adams to the Giants for uh, the Giants pick. The Raiders take uh, Caleb Williams at, at the, uh, for a quarterback. Giants trade back with get the Raiders pick, take an offensive lineman. So then you're the Giants, and you have Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, a top, probably top 10, 15 offensive lineman, and Devontae Adams on the outside as a receiver. That's you just kind of you, you can compete next year with that. So I, I think it's yeah. I think there's definitely different avenues that the the Raiders or the the Giants definitely take it. Again, I'm just bringing Devontae Adams up because I'm just looking at the slate and the Raiders are here in front of me. And we've already spoken about how uh, you know he, we kind of already see him in green and white next year uh, next to Rodgers. But just just the just the theoretical. But I think it's this this offseason for the Giants is going to be one that's uh, you know a lot of people might might ask them to draft a quarterback. And and there might be some smoke around, you know, them drafting a guy like Marvin Harrison if the if the picks, you know, fall that way. But I think if you're not going to draft the quarterback, it has to be an offensive lineman. It has to be. Yeah, I would like to know exactly where the Giants' heads are at in terms of Daniel Jones. Because, you know, we talked about a lot of the, you know, the dead money and things like that and how it might make sense to keep them. And, you know, I'm not sure there's ever been a quarterback who's been in the league for, you know, five years who – we really don't know anything about we're, we're not sure about anything that's surrounding Daniel Jones. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, to be honest, I'm not even sure. Like if, if the giants obviously paid him the money because they kind of had to, but I'm not even sure the giants kind of have their, you know, their exact feeling on what Daniel Jones is either. Not just us, you know, the, uh, they, they probably, there's probably people within the organization that think, you know, we signed him because he showed flashes and, you know, you get a better team around him and he'll, he'll, I guess, lead you to where you want to be. But and I feel like there's also some people that, that are probably ready to jump ship on him. There's probably you, very divided really in the front office. Knock them for giving him the deal. It's no, easy not at to all. look back and do it now, but could you imagine coming off the season he had and winning a playoff game if they moved on right then and there? They, they were back into a corner. They had no choice. And, and like there was, as far as options other than Daniel Jones, there was, there's, we, we kind of spoke about this too, where there's not all the options that kind of came about in terms of free agency, not a lot have worked, if any. Yeah. yeah. So, so tough, tough spots there. Where, uh, where do you, where do you fall in terms of this game and, and the line? I, I like the Giants with the points, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I totally agree with your thinking, and I don't think it's a bad pick or anything like that. I just think, you know, if this game has a crunch time, meaning the Giants stayed afloat long enough for that to exist, uh, I just think just just field position-wise, I, I don't see how the Giants are going to hang in any game, especially if they don't want to. Um, so, you know, 10 points, it's a lot to lay, you know, especially for a bad team like the Commanders. I think the Giants are, tr- are trying to lose by 10 just down the stretch the whole way through. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, and again, we we've seen nothing from uh, Tommy DeVito in this offense that can they can lend you to believe that they can even put up ten points. So, if if the Commanders are going to put up, I would I would I would venture to guess that the Commanders will put up at least fourteen points in this game, at the least. You'd have to think. So, could this be a fourteen to three game, 
and the Giants don't cover but lose, and it's like the, the least entertaining game of all time. Yeah, you know, could it be uh, 14 to 6 and the Giants cover? I'll say this. I don't think I don't think I, I will lay a penny on this game in, in any fashion. I'm not going to lay an eyeball in the game. Uh, uh, for for uh, I probably will just just for the pure sake of I I want to see what you know not necessarily see Saquon back up his words but I want to see I'm I'm watching more so for the the future and guys that you know like a Wandale Robinson or a Daniel Bellinger or Saquon again Saquon Barkley looking forward to the future for the Giants to really get a feel of you know who who's fitting you know regardless of what, everything around and who's you know, more like a mentality thing. I'm watching to see what guys have given up and what guys are are really in it to try and be competitors. You know, yeah, but it, it's, corny tough, it's tough to figure anything out about anyone when you know Brandon Kurtzman is playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> NBA NBA guy Brandon Kurtzman. Um, yeah, so look, honestly, I'm not gonna be as locked into this game as as I might have been if, if both sides were. I guess the Giants were fully healthy, but. Uh, it's, it, I'm happy it's on at one o'clock. I think if it was on at the same time as the jets, uh, maybe I have a little bit of a different tune to this game, but one o'clock I'll have the red zone on the big TV. I'll throw the giants me iPad, you know, I'll be able to split. Yep. But, uh, before, before we get into, um, around the league, definitely want to talk about the jets, but is, is there any other games on this slate that, you know, because again, like I said, looking at, looking at the divisions, you got. You got Seahawks, Rams, Vikings, Broncos, uh, Cardinals, Texans. Like, there's so many different games here that I, I think definitely are, are are intriguing. And then there's like, there's some really bad games too. Just Panthers plus ten and a half against the Cowboys, the, the Dolphins minus thirteen and a half against the Raiders. Are there any? Uh, bef- again, before we get into the Jets, is there any big any of these big lines that you can see winning outright? If there was one, who would it be? That's a really good question. That's kind of something that I wish I thought a little more about because it really is tough. Like, do I think it's going to be Tampa over San Francisco? No. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, you, you look at the Giants, that might be the team with the best chance, as crazy as that sounds, because, you know, as much as, you know, everything's all happy, dandy, fun in the in the Raiders locker room right now, I don't see them going toe-to-toe with Miami, you know? So, yeah, I, honestly, the Giants might have the best chance on this slate of all, you know, heavy underdogs. That's that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up before before I moved on because I kind of agree. Like I'm just looking at these heavy heavy dogs, and I don't give anyone a better chance than the Giants. You know, regardless of the line, I just think it's nine and a half against a team like the Commanders. The more I think about it, the more I kind of like it, and it's not one of my picks. I'll reveal one of my picks after we talk Jets, but I kind of I kind of talking myself into it here. It makes sense. If you if yeah. you if you took them as a pick, I, I would I would respect that. I would think that's like a that, that's a big pick to make. Yeah, uh, maybe I should take him as a three point dog. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be ball. Do it, please do it. Um, uh, maybe not. Um, no, nah, it's it's not one of my picks. I don't want to spoil it, but not one of my picks. <laughs> um, also not one of my picks. Uh, to honestly, I thought about taking the Bills here in this spot, but Jets heading to Buffalo for a. Uh, much less uh, glamorous rematch, I'll say. Uh, Bills giving seven, coming off an absolutely horrendous loss by the Bills. And then the Jets, we've spoken about them, you know, obviously every week now, and they are the, the least bit exciting. We've, I think we've described their offense as watching paint dry, 
uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, and, I just you uh, know, painted my apartment, and I, I'm not even kidding. I did sit there and watch it dry just for a little bit because I, I just wanted to see the colors change, how it dried. I genuinely I, – I did enjoy it more than watching the Jets go three and out. Like, I, I, I had a decent time. You saw some first downs in there? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's not like you get that watching the Jets either. It was just slightly yeah. better. Yeah, just just a little bit. No, there, yeah. at least at least when you paint, you know, when you're painting, you you go over something and it it can't be taken back. Like the like yeah. every single big play. Like also, you go, there were some mistakes on the wall. Guess what? I painted over them. Yeah, and and Fixed a lot them. of the jet, yeah, a lot of the jet mistakes should have been painted over. But it's like the Jets are painting a wall and they're just intentionally missing spots and not going over it. Yeah. Is that? Uh, a, I think it's a good analogy. So yeah, this is a, a much less glamorous game. I mean, you go back to Week One. It's Aaron Rodgers' debut with the Jets. We kind of all know how that went, but the Jets wound up, you know, like we always say, the Jets have three miraculous wins of the four, and uh, that was certainly the first one. Um, in terms of picking this game, before we really get into the X's and O's, I almost feel like I, I'm over with the Bills doing the whole. Well, you know, they're coming off a bad loss, so this week is going to be the week that they just put it all together. The, the Bills are going to cover this week. I think that there's genuinely issues with the Bills, I, I, and especially against a team like the Jets, where defensively they've had your number, they've given Josh Allen fits. Um, yeah, I don't know that this is sim- This is as simple as just saying, like, well, you know, the Bills are hungry, they're going to they're gonna kick it up a couple notches, and they're going to blow the Jets out. I, that's not how I think this game goes. Yeah, and you're right. Usually, again, you know me. I'm a very big proponent of that hungrier dog mentality. And it's really tough for me to say here, but, I mean, look, giving a lean on this game, I'm going to say the Bills minus seven because of that. But it's it's I haven't really seen the Bills turn it on in a couple of weeks now, right? They they lose to the Broncos. In a, they kind of blew that game. Uh, honestly, uh, probably Russell Wilson's the best game of the season. Um they lose to the Bengals, obviously a good team. And then looking at the rest of their games, they they lose to the Patriots. They beat the Buccaneers by one possession. They beat the Giants by one possession. Yeah, these are close games. They they haven't won a game by seven points since they put up forty eight on the against the Dolphins on October first. Yeah, yeah, and just the quality of the teams that they've even lost to. Forget about barely beat. So I think that there's something broken about the Bills. I don't want to put it all on Josh Allen. Um, I know people like to get, you know, super sensitive when you do that. But we're talking about a guy who, you know, leads the league in turnovers. And then people will accredit that to, well, it's like Brett Favre. He just, he he's such a physical specimen that he can make all these throws. But a lot of these turnovers aren't, you know, a lot of them are boneheaded. A lot of them aren't like, I'm going to take a shot here. He's obviously a tremendous player. He, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine for 15 years. But I think there's genuinely something going on with the Bills right now. Yeah, and then all the all the off-field stuff. I don't know if you saw all the uh, Stephon Diggs stuff. There's always Stephon Diggs stuff. That, and that, I'll, bring up, I'll tie it back to what I was talking about, Barkley. You know, you don't really hear that from Barkley. You don't hear you know, him being upset, even as bad as the Giants have been. You know, there's there's guys in this league there's uh, that are unbelievably talented, but just I don't want to say he's a you know a sore loser per se, but he's definitely giving sore loser vibes. Yeah, and you know what else? How, how about this with Stefan Diggs? Where are you going to go? That's a better situation. Yeah, Kansas City. Like, what are even your options? We're talking about playing with a top five quarterback. He, he puts up incredible numbers year in year out. You haven't won the big one. That's fine. It's really tough. 
he is like the mopiest player in the league for someone who seems to be in like, at least over the course of, you know, since he's gotten there, it's been a pretty great situation. I, I don't even understand where the complaints, where they arise from. Uh, he's where, where does he want to go? If you're Stefan Diggs and you, because I think if you looked into the mind of Stefan Diggs, I think if you asked yeah. him where, how do you, what's the better situation for you? I don't think you'd have an answer. So I agree. And, and I think that you're right. There's only, he can go look across the, the league and say, okay, Devontae Adams, look at that situation he's in. You know, Mike Evans, would you rather be uh, you know, just looking at some guys that are on much worse teams and have had much less success? Could he be Cooper Cup on the Rams who are three and six? You know, there, there's a lot of different situations where that are a lot less and and not even nearly as competitive as the Bills, where, where Diggs can, uh, like, the grass, he, maybe he's looking at it and thinking the grass might be greener or maybe just, again, maybe he's just a sore loser and kind of throwing a little bit of, like, a tantrum sort of thing, but... I mean, other than outside of, you know, maybe the Cowboys, Chiefs, and Eagles, that's that's kind of where the list stops. Yeah. 100%. 49ers, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree. Um, You know, getting back to this game, you know, I'm more so the Bills, I guess, on this point. But looking forward past the Jets and not saying that they're, they're going to look forward or they are or even I think it's going to happen. But let me read you the Bills' schedule. After the Jets, they have the Eagles in Philly. Then they go to Kansas City and play the Chiefs. Then they host the Cowboys, and then they have to play the Chargers in L.A. That's a gauntlet. So what they're doing is they're facing exactly what the Jets had to face to kick off their season, and let's see how they handle it. Yeah, exactly. So maybe you know, maybe the, the you can have take the mentality of all right, we're five and five, we're we're zero and zero in a sense. If you, if you're the Bills, like where you, this is kind like, of your season. Yeah, but if you're going against that gauntlet because you're 500 now, even if you want to consider it, you know, zero and zero, but we're starting from ground up, you have to be over 500 during that gauntlet of teams. And that's going to be really difficult. Yeah. And honestly, if you want to compare them directly to the Jets, so the, against those same teams, the Jets lost to the, they beat the Bills, lost to the Cowboys. Uh, they lose by three points in a, in a very close game to the Chiefs. They beat the Eagles, which is the anomaly of, of all anomalies. And then they they get, I guess, trounced, I'll say, by the Chargers. So, you know, of, of these, the Jets win, what, two and six in that stretch? if Or two and four in that, that six-game stretch? Yeah, what are I the Bills so, going to yeah. do? The, the, you know, if the Bills beat the Jets, do you think they're beating the Eagles? I don't. Do you think they're no, beating the Chiefs? What they have to I do don't. is it better be four and two over their next six. You know what I mean? That That's what it's going to take because the Dolphins aren't going to slow down. The Dolphins have an easy win this week. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, going, let's let's do a real quick Bills win-loss win just for argument's sake. I think we can both agree that they beat the Jets this week, yes or no? Yeah, but this is another kind of like the Giant game where, and maybe even, you know, maybe less so because I, I think the Jets always kind of have a chance. They show you every week they kind of have a chance. I wouldn't be stunned. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but, but, you know, let's just, you had to pick. Yeah. Yeah. No, the bills. Yes. Okay. So I agree. So that that's one. So that that would be six and five. We agree. They're not, I don't think they're beating the Eagles in Philly. So that's six no. and six. Yeah. Then they go to Kansas city and play the chiefs. I don't think they're winning that game either. No, I don't think so. I give them a better chance against Kansas city than I do Philly uh, just because of just defenses. But no, I, I, I think that's another game that they lose. Okay. So six and seven, then they play the Cowboys. In, in Buffalo. 
see, like, especially the way they are offensively now, right now, how can you pick them to win that game? Yeah. Honestly, though, those are two teams that are notorious, like, big game chokers, I feel like. Yeah. So that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. I'll, I'll say the Cowboys, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to as well. So six and eight. Then they play, yeah, and, the, they and, go, they go to the Chargers. Right. Yeah, they'll win that game. Okay. So seven and eight. And then the last two games at home against the Patriots, and then they go to Miami. Even even if you win those last two, when I don't think you do, I, I still it's not enough. Nine and eight. That would be nine and eight if they win those last two. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to be enough in this conference. Although it might have it, it might have just taken a dip recently, um, in terms of you know Cincinnati losing their quarterback, Cleveland losing their quarterback. Um, we'll make official picks on this game and stuff, but there is something that I wanted to bring up. Um, you know, you don't even really have to weigh in. This is just kind of something that bothered me and and sort of even just listening to the radio waves all morning is starting to bother me a little bit more. Um, so Joe Burrow had something of a brace. I don't know what you want to call it uh, around his wrist last week. There was actually video of it that wound up being wiped from the Internet. I don't know about wiped. Maybe the Bengals deleted it, something like that, but certainly some sort of cover up. And then last night, the game that I said that we were all sort of robbed of, Joe Burrow goes down with a wrist. Now, I know fans are big, you know, side with the players kind of people. This kind of bugged me. And it wouldn't have if this was seven or eight years ago when, you know, gambling was taboo and the NFL kind of ignored that it was happening. But now that that's not now that they're completely in bed with it and, you know, every sponsorship, every like the NFL is completely in bed with gambling. So for the Bengals to not disclose a potential injury to especially a Joe Burrow, you know, if this is a second string tight end, no one cares, obviously. But when you're talking about Joe Burrow and and people who are spending money on your product and it's something that you're you're behind 100 percent, that can't happen. There cannot be hidden injury. He has to be on the report. I don't know what defines an injury. I don't know if it's treatment. I don't know what it is, but. If he's going to be walking around with a brace, he has to be on the report, especially because he should have been. Because you look at the game, he goes down with that same injury. I think that that's kind of a disgrace. And that's yeah, kind of it, to say, because it, you can't have it both ways if you're the NFL. And I, I think the NFL is going to write this. I think in a couple of days, something will come down. I don't know if it's going to be a minor fine or something, but just at least acknowledgement from the league that, you know, we're in a place right now as a business where this can't happen. So that's just something I wanted to touch on. Yeah, def- definitely hear you on that. And it's, I agree. It's very, it's very unfortunate. And, and again, in the, in the landscape that we're in, in terms of sports gambling and whatnot, you know, stuff like that is, is very much a determinant on, you know, how people gamble and what people are gambling on and what's being advertised. And, and it's, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to even relate it back to, to sports books, but, I, I think in terms of just sticking to the NFL, you know, even just from a competitive standpoint, you know, I, I understand there's there's a stance that'll say like, all right, well, we don't want the other team to know that our quarterback, you know, woke up with a sore wrist or whatnot. That's that's one way to take it. But uh, there's definitely rules set out by the NFL to protect against stuff like this. Not even not yeah. even before we even start talking about gambling and whatnot, that that it's just like a almost like a competitive uh, agreement, I guess. Yeah, just a very unfortunate uh, situation there. And um, the only I, the I, only argument I would make to that is, I think 
if you're one of these NFL teams, if you're the Bengals, I think you have to look around and realize all of the rules put in place to protect your quarterback. And you might've just said this and I kind of missed it, but I, I think that that's the trade-off. Okay. There can't be gamesmanship on top of that where you're going to hide injuries. It can't happen. There's too much in his favor already for you to not be fair with people who are spending money on something that you're heavily involved in. Yeah. And I would be stunned if the NFL didn't, uh, I want to say, you're right. I want to say find them or, you know, maybe possibly take away draft picks or however they, they might see fit. But I would be stunned if, if there was not some sort of angry letter addressed to the Bengals this morning. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely something that, uh, that should have definitely been brought up, but, uh, getting back to Jack game, let's just let's just end with or not end with, but let's let's get to more so the the X's and O's, and I guess the 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 way that we can kind of you know frame this and not in a way that we're going to say that the Jets will win this game, but give me your you know at, at eight o'clock when you sit down to watch the Sunday night football game and the Jets have just pulled off this upset, tell me how you think that's possible. It has to look exactly like it did week one. Um, and then some, because I, I think you could, I, I, I really, I feel like I'm just a tape recorder that we've rewind every time <laughs> we talk about the Jets. I really do. Yeah. Let's not even record next week. Let's just, whatever you say right now, let's just keep it, cut it, Good. Inter, in, get, interchange get, the teams and put it back. Yeah. We can get a week off. It's going to have to look <laughs> exactly like that. And then I'm going to have to see the Zach Wilson of, you know, late in the fourth quarter last week where he's, you know, making all sorts of throws. It has to be that sort of game. I would like to see the Jets go for broke for once and just say, listen, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose. But, you know, let's unwind a little bit. Let's try to play some legitimate NFL offense because I'm getting tired of talking about it and getting tired of watching it. So that would be yeah. how that And honestly, a big theme that has gone on for the entire week in terms of reporting on the Jets and even, even to, you know, Robert Sala and even Zach Wilson said after the game, you got to just cut down on the self-inflicted wounds and the penalties because you, you find yourself in a situation against a team like this where the Bills might be the, the absolute poster boy of the league for, you know, doing things to yourself that ultimately lose you games. And, you know, we, we spoke about Josh Allen and his recklessness. Last week against the, the Broncos, it goes very undersung. Bronc the, the Bills get the ball back with about 40 seconds left before the half looking to drive and get like three points before the half. I think they were, they were down 10, seven or they're down by three or whatever. So they were just looking to tie the game. And the first throw was an interception. And that's, yeah. that's not like, sure. You can argue it was a good play by the defender on the Broncos, whatever, but you know, stuff like that, these, both of these teams are very similar in that sense. And if you're the jets, if you can cut down on those and the bills will continue to do that, that's how I'm going to, I'm going to kind of see the jets win in this game is if they can, not do it to themselves and, and have the Bills continue to do it their way. Yeah. Realistically, I think the answer to, you know, you're, you're getting ready to watch Sunday Night Football and you're thinking to yourself, how did the Jets just win that game? I think the thought would probably be, thank God they finally made a change of quarterback. And thank wow, God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's going to be interesting because we, we spoke about it and we kind of brought up the fact that, um, you know, Michael Carter was cut. Uh, and then yeah, he, shout out Michael Carter as uh, as some jet players would would say, yeah. And uh, but you know, could it could we see a, again? Like I brought this up, could we see a third quarterback be dressed for this game? Could we see? Let's just say the Jets are down, you know, one or two scores at half. 
Uh, could we see Trevor Simeon make his, you know, jet debut, not debut, but the season debut? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they ran through the Simeon train once before. Yeah, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – again, and I'll sound like a, a broken record here too, but it's it's got to – on the offensive side, it's got to start with the ground game, and it's got to start with – you know, I think we can – a lot of people can agree, and a lot of people – maybe the one of the few things that a lot of Jeff fans can agree on is, when Zach Wilson gets out of the pocket and he's got legs under him and he's able to open up the bootleg passing game, he's looked, you know, decent in that, in that sense. And, you know, he's been able to hit guys for big plays and he's been able to, you know, somewhat move the ball. And even again, you know, on the chargers game, they had a, they were running much a uh, very fast paced kind of hurry up style offense that for a little bit, I guess was working, but again, nothing, it doesn't, you could have the best quarterback on the best team, but if you're going to just keep having penalty after penalty and holding illegal contact, the Jets have to set a record for illegal contact this year. I feel yeah. like every game they get two or three. Yep. Well, on top of all that, I mean, we're talking about what Zach Wilson can do to help. I think the the biggest thing going into this game right now is we don't know if Garrett Wilson's going to play. He's questionable with an elbow. Uh, Robert Sala had said, you know, we'll see in terms of him playing Sunday and noted that there's a couple of hurdles that uh, Garrett's going to have to clear before then. So I think we've talked about how depleted the rest of the weapons are offensively on this team. Um, if you're missing Garrett Wilson, I really don't know who else there is to go to. So that that's going to be a, a huge, uh, I guess, report, hopefully not a game time one, but yeah, that, that changes the entire complexion of what the jets, they already can't do much and it changes what they're going to be able to do. Yeah, and 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 we you know again, like we haven't seen anyone step up and uh, and and kind of fill in outside of Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Elizard wants to go home. Yeah, he doesn't want to be there. He, especially, no. I don't even know what the weather is going to be like in Buffalo this weekend. But if it's cold and uh, you know a typical November Buffalo day, it might be misery for these guys. Well, yeah, I, well, let's give Elizard a little bit of credit. He did play in Wisconsin all those years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he was also playing with Aaron Rodgers, which yeah. obviously makes a huge difference. But and, and that's another but, thing. I don't know how realistic the Rodgers return stuff is. Um, if this kind of goes down the way we think it is, and the Jets lose this game, I, I kind of even if they don't want to say it publicly, um, I would kind of like that to just be shut down. I mean, what what are we rushing him back for at that point? So again, I, I don't know if that was ever you know an actual possibility or anything, but. Um, if you're going to be two games of all 500, let's just let's wipe the slate clean and uh, focus on next year. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same camp where, uh, you know, even even if you I think he someone said maybe it was Rogers, but I saw a quote that said, you know, the Jets are hoping to bring back Rogers when uh, and, and still be competitive this year. You got to be competitive first. Right. If he's coming back in there, you know, what, four and seven or whatever. You know, they're, then they're just, you know, four games out of the playoff where they have to win out and they need other help. Uh, yeah. Is it realistic that you know, define competitive, I guess, is what would be what I'd say to that? Well, but, their, um, their definition of competitive is like we can miraculously pull one out every now and then. Yeah. And that's kind of what this the theme of the season has been, by the way, just just because I mentioned it and my curiosity, which is not let me kind of wait for the answer. But uh, very ironically, Number one, number two, in terms of most illegal contacts this year, the Jets and the Bills. <laughs> oh, wow. How nice. about that? It'll so, just be an illegal contact party, four o'clock Sunday. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, uh, I can foresee this being an ugly game. I kind of personally just like the under 
as a pick, like, you know, just from a gambling perspective, um, I, I get it's low. Sure. Uh, right now I see that at just 40 flat. So I, again, I can't see the jets putting up 20 and the bills. I can see that I find it hard to believe that the bills put up, you know, come back and, and put up an absolute gem of a performance on offense against a great defense like the jets. So I, I mean, I think the line is low, but I like the under, and then uh, give me your give me your lean here on the pick, even seven. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely leaning uh, Buffalo to cover. Yeah, I, I think so too, and uh, I think I'm not going to say the line is like wrong, but I think it's it's very telling in a sense of you know Bills are five and five, they, and they already lost to the Jets, and they're coming off a terrible loss. They're they're saying that the Bills are four points better, st- even with all that, still four points better than the Jets. And like I said, they, the Bills haven't beat a team by seven or more points since October 1st. That's a long time in NFL terms. Yeah, it is. it is. I don't know. At first, like the, when you just, when you draw it out like that, um, it makes sense. But I kind of thought, you know, just with my own feelings of how I thought the game was going to go, I kind of looked at the seven and thought to myself, ah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I mean, me too. I, I feel like, again, looking at some of the heavier lines, do you, would you feel – I'll ask you this. You, you had to pick one to upset the other team. Are you are you picking the Giants or the Jets? The Jets. Really? Yeah, you you wouldn't? I mean, to me, I think that that in terms of in, in terms of like game flow and, and what I've seen from, from this team, you know, I, I can't I would be absolutely floored, absolutely floored if the Jets went into Buffalo. And and ultimately, we can sit there at the end of this game and say that we swept the Bills. I would be floored. So part of me, you know, from an X's and O's standpoint, look, I get it. Zach Wilson has the – I guess you can uh, mercifully say that the Jets have the starting quarterback advantage over the Giants, I guess. Which is Other crazy. Than that, never thought and, I'd and see the defense, day. I never thought I'd get to see the day. Yeah, you're right. But I get, and I get, I get the Jets' defense is, is better. But, you know, just all things considered – I I really really find it a hard I find it hard to see the Jets winning this game. I, I just do, and I think yeah, that I know. But but you know, this is the time to catch them. If if you were ever going to sweep them, this would be the time to catch them. So, and boy, would that be something, right? That would be something crazy if the Jets were able to pull this. I one mean, out. it would be like it would be like a Mets banner of an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hang the banner. Yeah, for sure. Um, so and then I'm, in parentheses, I'm say, like with an asterisk under it, just did not make playoffs. Yeah. Swept Buffalo. Swept Buffalo. That's, they're going to put it on uh, – the, you know, they have, like, the, the messages in the back of the end zone and stuff. They're going to put that on the end zone in MetLife next year. Swept yeah. Buffalo. <laughs> they'll get rid of all, like, the, the you know, fight cancer. Swept Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Any any other thoughts in this game or the Giant game before we get into the rest of the slate? Or actually our picks no, first? yeah. I guess I'm ready to make these, these picks. The floor is yours. So you give me your uh, last week. We both go one and one. Um, so no, no movement there. You are now 12, seven and one with 20 points to my 13 and eight with 19 points. Um, I guess actually before you go, I'll get our guest pick out of the way. Our guest pick is on the Steelers plus one. The Steelers are um, playing against a Browns team that again, no Deshaun Watson out for the rest of the year. 
heading to Cleveland against that vaunted defense. I don't hate the pick personally. You know me, I'm always going to side with with Mike Tomlin, but uh, not not one of mine, I'll say. So, yeah. Uh, I, uh, any so, thoughts so there? The, the Cleveland starting quarterback is who this week? Is it not P.J. Walker? Because I, I heard something about how it was supposed to be a rookie this morning. So they, they have a Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson, whatever his name is. I, I believe that they said P.J. Walker would right. be. I think he's starting. Browns were not, not, okay. You might be right. Honestly, to me, it, they're, it's the same kind of deal. Right. But to I me. will give you this stat. Um, and I, I was going to try to guess that this was going to be one of your picks. Just kind of, you know, Mike Tomlin in a pick em situation. Um, and I kind of figured you knew that Dorian Thompson Robinson was playing, which I'm fairly certain he is. So apologies. Yes, I, I can confirm he is. No, you are correct. Okay. So Mike Tomlin, and we talk about this with Belichick all the time. We never talk about it with Mike Tomlin. 24 and 5 against rookie quarterbacks. I love um, that. Yeah, so I like that pick. It. You know, I, I don't I wouldn't pick it myself just because the Cleveland defense is is really something and it's a tough game and I don't really know how I feel about Kenny Pickett or all those things, but if you're a Mike Tomlin guy, that is a good pick. Um, yeah, uh, and honestly, I might kick myself if that covers and I don't and I haven't I'm not going to it's not one of my picks, so I'm not taking it, but if the Steelers win and it's it's, you know, if that holds true where Mike Tomlin just dominates against a young quarterback, I'll, I'll be kicking myself for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to start off with my one-point play. I'm taking one of the uh, very heavy underdogs. This is Dallas going into Carolina, giving 10 and a half points. Uh, my thinking here was just, number one, it was an impossible slate to pick from. And number two, I mean, if there was ever a team that, you know, really revels in just beating teams down and, um, you know, doesn't really take their foot off the gas – it would be Dallas. So, you know, the Panthers are a team of the same elk of, say, a Giants, who Dallas has already really beat up twice. So, you know, I, I think Dallas could win this game by 21, 24 points, and, and I wouldn't be shocked. And, you know, this game, this pick is really a product more of, like, Jesus, this slate is tough. But I, I think I like that pick, and if I was going to pick one of the heavy underdogs, I'm most confident in the Cowboys. One point to play. Interesting. So heavy favorite on the road. I like. I tend to stay away from those, to be quite honest. Uh, but I, I don't hate the thinking. I, I'm the the Cowboys are becoming one of those teams that I feel like not necessarily I'm staying away from when I when I bet on them. But every time I bet on them, it, it's always ends up being like like a tight pick or like you know it's they're going to win this game by I'm going to take ten and a half and they're going to win this game by eleven in with with a field goal in, in late or something like that. Like I, I just don't enjoy betting on them. Yeah but uh, that's just me. I'll go to my one-point pick. Uh, I'm going to go kind of a game that I think is going to go under the radar, Uh, a team that kind of was very profitable for myself early. I I believe you and I were uh, pretty high in them going into the season and kind of, you know, we're looking at their record now. It it obviously kind of blew up in our face a little bit, but I'm going to take the Rams. Rams are plus one against the Seattle team that I've been uh, calling frauds for a while now. Uh, They get Stafford back. The obviously the Rams season is not going and hasn't gone the way that it's it's going to. But no, I think they win this game outright. And obviously, so I'll take I'll take the plus one there. And again, I I think that at home, a team look if this game was in Seattle, I would definitely have different thoughts on it. But uh, Seattle on the road again uh, against a, a team like the Rams that gets their guy back. And look, the Rams could have easily said, you know, we're just going to hold Stafford out and we're going to hold our guys out, but. That, that's not what they're doing. So it looks like to me they're still competing. 
I think they win this game, so I'll take the, the one point there with the Rams. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, my two-point play. I'm taking another road team, but I, I don't think it's it's all that much a big deal. I think the Green Bay Packers have sort of uh, busted the myth that, you know, they're these uh, Lambeau Field uh, legends, all that. Uh, they don't win big games at home. They don't win regular, regular season games at home. Um, so I am going to take the Chargers, who just – I just think they're a more talented team um, – giving three points on the road to the Packers, uh, the three and six Packers hosting the four and five Chargers. I, I like it. I like it a lot. I, I definitely thought about it myself, but again, I think that I think they, they definitely win that game, but that game just reeks to me. It reeks and I, I don't, I don't like it. I, I think that if, if the Packers end up winning and Jordan Love plays his best game of the season against a really bad defense and the Chargers, I wouldn't be stunned, um, but yeah, I, I'll stay away, but best of luck to you there. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a home team. I think this line is just totally wrong, and I think this line should be way more than it is. Um, I'm taking the Lions minus seven and a half, posting the Bears. Uh, the Lions are, uh, people forget, they're seven and two, right? They they have, all their weapons are available. The, the emergence of Jameer Gibbs has been an, just another weapon on that offense. Uh, Jared Goff and they're, they just run like a machine. I've sung their praises before. Seven and a half against a Bears team that, again, has a backup quarterback that barely, barely even snipped out a win against the Panthers. On the road this year, last couple games on the road, they, they, they Bears lose to the Saints. They lose to the Chargers. Uh, they, they beat the Commanders, albeit that was Justin Fields, but they haven't won a road game yet. I think the Lions oh, this, are, this is, are... This is Justin Fields as well. He's playing this game? Yes. Uh, I'll still take it. How about that? Oh, yeah, Because when you were going through, I was going to say, I thought you were a Justin Fields believer. I am, but first game back, I, I think I like it even more, even if it's Justin Fields' first game back. And I, I still think that at the end of the day, this is a 3-7 and seven team. Yeah, no, and I like that pick too. So, yeah, you know, they could have they could have played... Uh, Badgen could have been if if Badgen's still playing this game. Again, who's to say that that Justin Fields is even a hundred percent? And they're kind of not just going to have him almost run through the motions here in, in a lost season per se. Uh, I think the Lions are determined to, to prove that they uh, they definitely belong in like the elite conversations. And, and not for nothing, the Kirk Cousins gets injured for the Vikings, but Vikings still breathing down the neck of the Lions. So I think this is a, is definitely a must win. Uh, I really like the, the first half here for the Lions. I'll, that will probably be where my point really lies on this uh, on this game. I think they, they look to get an early lead, and, and I, maybe Justin Fields has a little bit of rust still on him, but I, I'm, I'm on the Lions minus seven and a half here for sure. Good. Yeah. But, right. uh, so, uh, yeah, you want to you wanna just go through the rest of this late? There are, there yeah. are you know, as, as much as we're talking about, you know, some of these spreads are insane, there are a couple of games on here that are that are good football games. For sure, and, and we so we already spoke about the first couple games: Steelers, Browns, Bears, Lions, Chargers, Packers. Um, let's get to the the biggest line here: uh, the Dolphins minus thirteen and a half, going uh, hosting the Raiders. Uh, again, you said it, you know, kind of in passing before. I don't see how the Raiders hang in this game, uh, and I think the Dolphins are uh, just uh, such a high-powered offense that. This is there are definitely two touchdowns better than the, the Raiders, and I'd lay the 13 and a half there for sure. 
But I thought you subscribed to uh, the Antonio Pierce brand of football. And I'm a big Antonio Pierce football guy. Yeah, and Antonio Pierce is going to get blown out this week. How about that? Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, I think this is kind of the week where the Raiders come back to earth a little bit. Not that they've been doing anything special, but just this sort of honeymoon with, you know, Antonio Pierce and Devontae Adams is all the way back on board and all this. I think this is the week where, you know, you face a team that's not, you know, the Jets and um, they'll come back to earth. I'm with you there. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. They're going to face reality this week for sure against a, a, a very hot team. Well, not even hot, you know, we're talking about wins-wise, but just, you know, they're going to get uh, Devon A. Shane back this week. They're going to have their full cast of, of weapons at full health uh, against, the, against the defense that Max Crosby, great player, not for nothing, but I don't know how much impact he's going to have on such a high-powered offense like this. So I'll, I'll lay the 13-and-a-half there with the Dolphins. Uh, you weird. You spoke with the Giants and the Commanders. We kind of touched on the the Cowboys and the Panthers with your pick. I'm going to take. I guess if I had to lay the points, I'd or pick a side, I'd lay the points here with the Cowboys. Um, although I would not feel good about it, but the Panthers are are, are in unserious territory, and I really am skeptical on what uh, Bryce uh, Bryce Young can actually be in the NFL. Uh, so I'll lay the points there, and I think that that defense is a field day with with Bryce Young. And I, I wouldn't be I, honestly good bet. Cowboys anytime. Cowboys defense anytime touchdown. That is a good bet. You know, this game screams pick six in the first quarter to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll lay the points there. Next game. This is an interesting one, I think, because I think the line's a little low for if you just look at their record and, and kind of understanding each team. But uh, I guess Levis I don't know. The Titans to me are uh, the Titans to me are, are better than three and six by by a smidge. Like, I don't think they're yeah. miserable. I think so, too. And I think that, you know, Will Levis obviously is going to go through the motions of being a rookie quarterback in the NFL and, you know, kind of learning on the fly here. But, you know, they're they're a team that I've seen, you know, since Levis has taken over, they've been taking shots and they've been obviously they, they they're again, they're three and six. And you are what your record says you are. Jaguars six and three. I, I'm going to take the Titans with the points here. Six and a half. If it gets to seven, I'll love it. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to ride with the Jaguars, but. I mean, it's tough. I mean, we saw what the Jaguars were against the uh, juggernaut defense of the 49ers last week. That was tough. So I think this is a game that they sort of have to win. And, uh, you know, they kind of have to pour it on a little bit, too. So I'm going to hope that the rookie mistakes and such that you just mentioned are enough uh, so that the Jaguars can cover a touchdown here. Yeah, and I, the Jaguars should, right, you know, thinking about this game on paper, you know, Trevor Lawrence has an absolute stinker last week against albeit a great a great team in the 49ers but uh which was a great pick by you by the way nice nice one there but um uh the Jaguars just they're so up and down that could they win this game by 20 points for sure could they lose this game for sure so I'm just gonna take the points where I can and I'll take the Titans plus six and a half um next game this is a here's an interesting one because yes this is, I, I this is the game I was I wanted to ask you about the line um you know, you're kind yeah. of deep in, in, you know, the betting world a little bit more than I am. Um, you know, with a Cardinals team who gets back their running back, gets back their quarterback, um, I don't know, five and a half kind of seemed like a bit much. I almost feel like these teams are sort of even. We've definitely seen the emergence of C.J. Stroud lately, and they're going to be getting Nico Hollins back. I get all that. They play, you know, they really play just like F it, throw it down the field football, and it's a lot of fun. But we saw last week the Cardinals aren't looking to lose games. So, I don't know, five and a half, close to a touchdown. I know they're home. 
um, I don't know, it seemed like a little bit much for a team who's kind of new to all this. This is a, I'll walk you through the thinking here. This is a game where the average better is going to look at and say, all right, Cardinals are two and eight. Texans are five and four. Wow, I didn't expect that. And I saw and a lot of CJ Stroud highlights the last two saw weeks. A lot of CJ, yeah, I saw a lot of CJ Stroud highlights. Could they win this game by more than a touchdown? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think I think your your thinking though is much more sound. You know, although I will say that the the you know the 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 Cardinals they still have to play another half of the ball, and their defense is absolutely abysmal. I think the way to to really attack this game from a gambling perspective is is just taking the, the uh, either an alternate over or even the, just both teams over points. Um, if I had to lay aside here, I, I think it's. I think the Texans win this game, but I think this this is a lot closer of a game than than a lot of people think. And I think honestly, you get one one week of Kyler Murray with his legs under him, uh, both literally and metaphorically, and you know, like you said, get James Conner back, kind of knock all the rust off there. This can I think this could be a shootout here, and I think a shootout favors the team uh, getting the points. I'll take I'll take the five and a half here with the Cardinals. Yeah, I think I almost feel like the opposite. I think if we're looking for a shootout, I'm going to take the team that doesn't have just, you know, like you said, an abysmal defense to win the game. And I kind of just I need CJ Stroud to uh, to really pull me through a week here. So um, just because of personal interests and whatnot, I will be taking the Houston Texans. Yeah, uh, I know. And, and I, I guess I guess I see that that angle as well. But I think people people kind of forget about this Cardinals team when with Kyler Murray under center, at least on offense. And again, the Texans, realistically, their their offense is making all the storylines, but their defense is letting up points galore. So I think it's going to be uh, you know, this this game's over under sitting at forty eight, might be the highest of the entire slate. Uh, honestly, Bears Lions also forty eight. Um, yeah, it's tied for the highest on this entire slate. Wouldn't be stunned if this is you know thirty one to twenty seven game, something like that, where it's just points galore uh, even even a little higher than that i think that both these offenses are uh, again getting their uh, you say nico collins back james connor back getting healthy uh starting to get their feet under them and i think that i, I like the over and again i'll take the cardinals with the points That's fair. next game this is uh, another heavy line here the 49ers who look all all definitely to be back last week uh giving 11 and a half here at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Baker Mayfield experience. I think you have to play the points. Yeah, you know, uh, yes, y- you have to. Like, you know, I-, I can't see a way that the-, the Bucks can win this game, but, like, how much of that game last week was just a bad Trevor Lawrence game against a bad defense where they just kind of got trounced versus, you know, the 49ers offense looked good, but they were in favorable field position all game. I think the Bucks. I have a you know somewhat of a, a decent defense. It, it, I guess I'll lay the points, but I wouldn't feel good about it. Yeah, I agree. I think, and I think the Bucks have you know a nucleus offensively too. I mean, they're a four and five team. They're not miserable, and you know Mike Evans is kind of having a regular statistical Mike Evans kind of season. They're they're not a bad football team, um, but I don't know. Coming off of last week, I just feel like I'd be trying to be you know the smartest guy in the room if I said, ah, "Give me the Buccaneers." So I'll lay the points, but I'm with you. Yeah, I'm probably not. To, I, again, this is another game where I definitely like just taking the 49ers in the first half. I think they try and uh, they, they try and 
come out and kind of assert their their dominance per se on a team and get another another game where I like the 49ers defense to score. Baker Mayfield's a pick machine, but uh, I think 11 and a half is a lot, a lot. You know, if this game was to me, if I was making a line in this game, nine and a half, nine. I think would be a more sound line. 11 is 11 is a lot of points because 49ers can win this game, you know, 30, 31 to 20. It won't be a game the entire time and they don't cover. Yeah, that's true. So uh, 11 and a half is a lot of points. So that, that'll that uh, get us past the, or that's the first game of the four o'clock slate, 4.30. We already t- we spoke Jets, Bills. I gave my lean on the Rams plus one hosting the Seahawks. Where you yeah, at? I like there? that pick too. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Rams. And actually, the Sunday night game I think is a bit of an underrated game. Like I, I think it's worthy of a primetime slot. Definitely is. And two teams that kind of have been a lot of people I would guess wrote off. You know, Justin Jefferson gets hurt, then Kirk Cousins gets hurt. A lot of people probably thought that the uh, you know, the, the season was just going to go down the drain. Honestly, a lot of different organizations probably would have had the season go down the drain. But uh, I can kind of commend the, the Vikings for kind of, you know, bringing in Dobbs, winning some gritty games. Uh, I'll say this, though. I think the Broncos, for the first couple, first few games of the season, did not, haven't looked the, the least bit impressive. But the last couple games, I thought that was a very impressive win against the Bills. And I thought they played some really, really sound football. Uh, you can think what you want about the Bills. I'm going to lay the two and a half here with the Broncos. I think they've they figured it out. And I don't think this is a, the Broncos are a team that a guy like Josh Dobbs can go into Denver and win a gritty game like he's been winning. Because I think the Broncos are, you know, Sean Payton seems to have figured stuff, a, a little bit of something out there uh, for at least the time being. And uh, again, I'll root for Russell Wilson when I can. I'll lay the two and a half there. Yeah, I'm on Denver, too. I mean, say what you want. I think Russell Wilson's played, you know, he's played some good football this year. And I think every single week for Denver, you know, they've kind of slapped down uh, another building block. Uh, They've kind of improved every week. Like you said, impressive win over the Bills. Um, I I think there's another week where sort of, you know, the Vikings maybe come down to earth a little bit. And Josh Dobbs certainly built them a little bit of a cushion, uh, which is nice. I think the Broncos need this one more. Um, They're home. I, I, I don't know. I just, for some reason... Um, I, I just I like Denver. Yeah, I, I think so too, and I think it's it's probably going to be a, a, a again. It, you're right; it is definitely an underrated game because you look at the record and it's kind of two middle of the road teams. But you know, all these all the storylines that that kind of led up to both for both of these teams, it's a lot of uh, adversity on both sides. So definitely two teams that are gritty, uh, definitely a decent amount of talent on each side of the ball. A lot of some young guys mixed in there, some new guys, new faces. Vikings, I think. The problem that the Vikings might have here is a problem that always happens in Denver with the altitude. And, you know, Josh Dobbs has been has been making a lot of plays, running around, kind of ad-libbing a lot. Does that does that weigh on him in the second half? And does that really, you know, does the, the altitude in Denver kind of get to him like it does a lot of guys? We'll see. Uh, and I, I think for, for that, among other reasons, I, I like the Broncos minus two and a half there. Yeah. So when we, so, when we look at the Monday game, the Monday night game. Monster. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a monster game. It's obviously the Super Bowl rematch. This is going to be like just a pageantry of a regular season game for the NFL. Like like you've never seen before. Just on the market yeah. side of all this, all the Kelsey stuff you're going to see. I'm sure you're going to see Taylor Swift up there. This is going to be like like if the NFL had to send in an audition or something. Like this would be the game they would send out. This is where they kind of 
they're going to try to just hit on all cylinders, every sort of fan, every... So I, I think the broadcast of this game is going to be, a, you know, a little bothersome, perhaps. Um, but no, I mean, you have to be excited about this one. This you, what's the saying? Uh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Same thing with the NFL. If you're if you're not up for this game on Monday night, you know if we're if the Jets get blown out by thirty, if the Giants get blown out by thirty, whatever your team is gets blown out by thirty on Sunday, you can rejoice in the fact that Monday night you're gonna get, you know, like you said, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, the Super Bowl matchup, Taylor Swift. Jalen Hurts, this machine of the team, the tush push, so many storylines of this game. Uh, it, it's again, we kind of said it a little bit last night, and we kind of said that you know the injuries kind of deflated it. I really pray that that's not the case here, and we actually get a genuine game and a good game, albeit. Um, the line right now, Chiefs are minus two and a half. I would venture to guess that this game is so attractive to people that this line will move. I, I don't want to say which way or the other I think it will, but I think that there's going to be so much action on this game that I would venture to guess that this game either gets to two points even or three points in terms of a, a half-point sway here on the line. Uh, but again, as it sits right now, very, very attractive two-and-a-half-point hook here with Chiefs. Yeah, I, well, I would have to think money's coming in on the Eagles, right? From the public, I would have to guess. I'm not sure if you know the answer to that, but... Do not know. Yeah, I mean, that's just what I would think. And that's kind of the way that I lean here. Um, I just think they've been just like in, in terms of all three phases of the game, I, I just think they've been a little bit more impressive than Kansas City, especially on defense. Um, I mean, they just simply have a better defense. Um, obviously, the Taylor Swift effect will will be in place here. So who knows what Travis Kelsey is going to do? Um, yeah, I don't know. I lean Eagles. I think they're the better football team. And I think if the Eagles can finish out strong, not lose another game, the Jets will hang another banner for that. They'll probably, for being the only team to beat Philadelphia, they'll probably liken themselves to the uh, the Giants making the Patriots 18 and one or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, maybe if the, if the Eagles run the table, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the other side of this. I like the Chiefs, and I think that my my thinking is is this. I, I think this the tenor on the Chiefs has definitely changed the fact that. They're a very defensive-oriented team now where their defense is amazing, right? Really, it's kind of gone undersung how good their defense is. And that's not saying that the Eagles' defense is, is a, any slight at all, but I think this is a team that, in a primetime game like this, at home, they understand this. Andy Reid understands this. Kind of undersung, this is going to be Andy Reid against the Eagles as well, which is kind of his stomping grounds there. So, you know, I, I think there's... If the Eagles aren't motivated enough or the Chiefs aren't motivated enough, I think there's a lot more motivation here for the, the Chiefs than there is the Eagles. You know, the Eagles are sitting pretty enough for nothing. They, they have nothing really to worry about. Whereas the Chiefs, you know, there's a lot of teams that they, they fall to, to seven and three. They got they're going to one or two upsets this week or one or two big wins by teams behind them. They can get into the talks of, you know, losing, uh, losing that bye week, losing the one seed. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, I think it's a lot more on the line here for the, um, I, I guess what I, I would just say that, like, I feel like the chiefs have, listen, they're both incredible. There's a, we're talking about an eight and one team and a seven and two team here. There's not a lot of complaints to go around, but I just feel like the chiefs have faltered more, you know, like we're talking like, I mean, really the Eagles, I mean, the, the mark on them 
is just the Jets' loss. I think there's a lot of games you can look at Kansas City and say, like, they just don't look like the same team yet. Well, so, so I and, think and but that's from what, a motivational that's what I'm standpoint, to too, I, I do want to say, like, you know, it gets overblown, the Super Bowl rematch, all that. But in terms of motivation, who wants it more? I have to think losing a Super Bowl is, is some source of motivation going into this one. Yeah, for sure. You know, you're right. I think there's there's definitely an argument. It's definitely a coin flip of a game. I'll say that. I think the line kind of speaks to that. But, you know, they're just – I think this Chiefs team is is just very equipped to play a game like this. And, and again, could this be the game where, you know, maybe – I'll flip it the other way. If I was gonna, if I was gonna talk of the Eagles, I'll say, you know, maybe this is the game where the the Chiefs kind of really do realize that this is the, the cream of the crop they're playing, right? The Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I think it's not even an argument. And I, I would say that, you know, is this the game where the Chiefs' lack of weapons on the outside and and a young running back in Pacheco and and kind of only relying on Travis Kelsey really on your offensive side of the ball is that going to be the is this going to be the game that that kind of all comes to fruition very possible and I think that that if you're if you want to talk up the Eagles that's definitely the angle you want to take on it um yeah well I guess again, the other thing about the Chiefs that I'll give them is you know I'm not that I'm going to call this the biggest game of all time or anything but we're talking about a, a you know a, a powerhouse of an opponent and the Chiefs are a team that have you know in big games whether it's that playoff game against the Bills the two Super Bowls IC championship against the Bengals. They've kind of been in this position against teams like this more often, and they almost have a perfect record. So, yeah, and I, I think too, just looking at you know some of the Chiefs games, they they very very rarely give up twenty or more points. And I think that a team like the Eagles, that you know, obviously they they can play. They're an unbelievable defense, unbelievable offense. But look at the past two weeks. They gave up 23 points to the Cowboys, 31 to the Commanders. Uh, they gave up 31. They actually gave up 31 to the Commanders twice. Uh, Vikings put up 28 against them. I think this Eagles defense is definitely good, and they have they have amazing defensive line and just endless amounts of guys are going to be uh, pinning their ears back and going to, trying to get Patrick Mahomes all day. But you know, I think that I've seen more cracks in the the Eagles defense than I have seen in in the in the Chiefs. Just look, just looking at schedule wise. I always think that the you know if I, if you're of the belief that the Chiefs have a better defense than the Eagles and they're home, I think a home team kind of really sees its uh, reaps its benefits on the defensive side of the football, and I think that this is going to be a game where, you know, again, a kind of another storyline as I'm just talking through. Jalen Hurts' knee is they get a bye week, but Jalen Hurts' knee, a lot of people are saying that he's not 100. percent I'm I'm even I don't want to exactly quote him, but I I would. I believe I heard quotes of even Jalen Hurts saying that his knee was not 100%. So maybe that kind of hampers him a little bit. I don't want to say that he's, you know, I want to start making excuses for the guy. But when you consider a great vaunted defense like this Chiefs defense is and has been all year, I, I think it's, I think that all favors the Chiefs. And I, I, I yeah. that's why I'm on the Chiefs minus two and a half. Well, you know, if, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm thinking, well, Patrick Mahomes just beat us in the Super Bowl on one leg. So I, I better get up to this game. Yeah, I, I think, you know, everyone will be. and I. But I just think that, you know, who's to say that, that the Chiefs just don't have – this just isn't a good matchup for the, the Eagles, right? Maybe the, the Chiefs just – Chiefs and Andy Reid have just understood what this Eagles team can do and understood what they're trying to attack and have really honed in on, on trying to stop that. And 
you know, again, another game where I, I really like the Chiefs in the first half here because uh, I'm big into, you know, betting against teams that are coming off their bye in the first half. I think there's definitely something to, uh, you know, knocking the rust off a little bit and kind of getting into the, the game flow and game mentality. But uh, I just hope we're I'm, – I'm just hoping for a great game, to be brutally yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know if so you're on, else you're on the, the Eagles. What's that? You're on the Eagles? Yeah, I think so. I think the game I'm most – you know, or the team I, I'm looking forward to winning a game this week the most would be um, the uh, the Allen Balls game. I do need that team to win. Oh yeah, yeah. This is uh, we're we're sitting pretty on the boat trip right now, but um, yeah. de- definitely for the sake of the rest of the league, I can definitely send some uh, some some seismic waves through the rest of the standings as I as I sit in uh, comfortably in second place right now in our fantasy league. Yeah. Um, but a well, lot of teams. If you're into staring at you know eyesores of a basketball court, uh, the NBA is in action tonight. The Knicks at the Wizards. Um, you know, it's an in-season tournament vehicle, which. I, I haven't found myself caring about yet. How about yourself? I think, it, you know, it's still early, like the plan sort of. Well, just the plan. Uh, do you think it's a fun, do you think it's a good idea sort of thing? Like I almost, It's it's kind of like a ripoff of like what the Premier League does. And I don't like the court. And I almost, yeah, well, I, I just that's don't my think I get problem. it really yet. My biggest problem is the courts for sure. I think. Yeah, man, I just don't want to look at a red court. Yeah, there's some that are much worse than others. They've even had like, some issues with them, uh, you know, as in terms of, I guess, like building them and putting them together or whatnot. But uh, yes. yeah, I'll, I'll say this from, from a fan's perspective, I think it's silly, but you know, just watching some of these games, guys are definitely playing harder. Like they're, they're really, really like taking it. I don't know if there's some, you know, uh, angry meeting behind closed doors that, that the NBA owners and, and I guess individual teams have had that said like, Hey, you might not really be a fan of this, but just really try your hardest here or, you know, kind of give me all your effort you got here to kind of sell this, even if you want to believe some tinfoil hat stuff. But I think guys well, that's are... all it would take, I think, for it to be successful. It's just it's it's just like anything. It's just like, you know, the WBC. It's kind of like if the players are going to invest themselves, then that's going to give it life and and people will enjoy it, I think. Yeah. And, and I think that's what the NBA is going to try and do. Um as as for you know the, the local teams, kind of did a did a long walk through to I guess uh, not even the quarter point of the season yet, but um, uh, you know very early on, kind of looked through the the whole league with with Brandon last week and go listen to that in the last pod. But uh, Knicks play the the Wizards. Uh, they're giving seven and a half, and I don't know. You probably haven't watched much Wizards basketball, but I'm sure you've seen uh, some some TikToks or tweets or whatever about them. They're like an unserious team, and like yeah, they, I'm actually on the uh, I'm on the beat for the Wizards, so nice, well rounded. <laughs> They're uh, yeah, I mean it's if I'll say this: if the Knicks like, lose this game, this would be a terrible loss, kind of thing. Giving seven yeah. and a half here again. Forget about the in season tournament, whatever, whatever you want to take from that. But yeah, this is uh, the Wizards are are very unserious, and I think the Knicks are. Uh, I've I've kind of sung the Knicks praises, I guess you could say, of them handling teams as such uh that that i, I call uh unserious or I, I like to call them mean ballers i saw that uh earlier in the season and i kind of that's good really, I like, really that. like that but um yeah uh definitely excited for that uh we'll we'll get have everyone covered with any sort of uh mlb free agency moves uh there's definitely been some some minor moves here and there 40 man stuff 
Brian Cashman sleeping outside his sleeping bag again. Um, we'll have all that covered. Um, but uh, as for this week's slate, you know, again, like you said, it's all leading up to a gem of a Monday Night Football game. So hopefully uh, you New York local fans uh, definitely can can wash whatever taste out of your mouth you might have uh, leading into Monday night. So uh, thank you all for listening. Best of luck if you tell any of our picks and peace out.